Do you find yourself wishing you had more energy, healthier habits, or fun family activities? At the YMCA, you can find your passion, find family fun, and find your happy place, all while supporting your community. Join the Y in March with a $0 enrollment fee and enjoy motivating group exercise classes, heated pools, pickleball, and so much more. Visit YMCADC.org to learn more and to find your nearest Y in D.C., Maryland, or Virginia today. Welcome to Millennials 618. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Very exciting news. My grandma is getting a smartphone. Wow. Do your grandparents have smartphones? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mine have had them for a long time. <laughs> okay. My grandma is turning 80 later this month, and she apparently for some reason said said to my mom, I want a smartphone. I don't know what got into her, but I think she wanted to text and she wants to like send pictures and see pictures. So I'm actually really, really excited about this because I feel like grandma's been out like on a desert island. Get ready for FaceTime calls where they think that they're pointing at their face, that oh, they're yeah. pointing at their foreheads. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, generally when I have those phone calls, I see a little bit of forehead and a lot of ceiling. Yeah. So same. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you guys see, I don't know <laughs> if this ever came to pass, but Apple was working on a feature where they would correct your eyes. So it looked like your eyes were actually looking into the camera because often people are looking at themselves in FaceTime. Like I'm looking at myself Ooh. right now here in Zoom Yeah. Um, instead of looking at the camera. Apple, I think currently will correct where your eyes are pointing. So it looks like you're looking straight into the camera. Ooh, I feel like that's some uncanny valley shit. <laughs> like, there's no way that's going to look completely natural. Right. We're all going to look dead in the eyes. Yeah. Dad, who's listening live, says it was a rumor. But I think they, I'm really confident they were working on it. And maybe they held off because they realized it did look creepy. But I think it's a brilliant idea because we're never actually looking straight at the camera. Yeah. And he t- like when I'm watching you guys talk, I definitely stare at the screen. But if I'm speaking, I do try to look at the camera. But it feels weird because I can like peripherally see everybody. So actually, that might be a nice feature. Of the three of us, Laura does the best job looking at the camera. Pam and I never do. I, I know I do an awful job because my eyes tend to wander anyway. Uh-huh. So. I feel like we should, but I also want to be looking at you two when I'm talking to you two, like knowing you're right there. Why should I look at the camera when you two are down here? Yeah, or like at the dock, you know, or the chat. It's A lot of that is lower than the camera anyway. Yeah. So. This was legit, yeah. by the way. Thad just looked it up. And these are the kinds of existential crises that you, you know, pledge to see week to week patrons. Yeah. Yeah. Us feeling insecure about our eye contact. <laughs> Which is so funny because there's no, like, there's nobody looking back at you. So it should be easier. You know, getting back to the smartphone discussion um, in regards to my grandmother, I'm going to have to send her links to MuggleCast and hope she forgets about Millennial because I definitely do not want her listening to this show. That would be pretty bad my grandparents ask about this show all the time really and my mom does too and i don't want any of them listening (laughs) i lie i've had extended family members be like yeah so what's the podcast you do Mm -hmm. 
I'll be like, oh, Muggle cast. <laughs> and they're like, isn't there another one? I'm like, nope, nope, nope. Mm-hmm. nope. I did a Twilight mm-hmm. one. Maybe that's what you're thinking of. Yeah, my, my <laughs> other family members, they still think we're doing the Twilight podcast because that's like the one that they remember. I saw that your dad became a patron today, Laura. Yes, he did. <laughs> oh he my did. God, that's so sweet. There was, he's actually been thinking about doing that for a while. And I was like, you, dad, you can, but I just have to warn you, we have a paywall for a reason. <laughs> and there are things that go behind the paywall for a reason. And he was like, okay, well, I just won't listen. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's, maybe we need to record a special episode just for him. <laughs> yeah the dan tier <laughs> special dan t tier it's funny i looked in the millennial gmail account and all the new patron emails are unread except for that one and i assume laura saw that come in and was like oh crap is this my dan the dan the dan t well yeah our you know our last name is not exactly uncommon so i was like maybe it's a coincidence no if you ever see another sims pledge Shut down the Patreon immediately. Shut it down. <laughs> It'll be Becca. Well, speaking of um, something that can inject a little bit of joy into your lives right now, did anybody watch Becoming on Netflix? Um, the documentary about Michelle Obama's book tour. I was going to make it my recommendation, but I figured you two would have watched it. Yeah, I didn't want to recommend it because it felt like it felt like that's an everybody recommendation. So this is just a show wide millennial recommendation. You must watch this. Um, it had everything I wanted (laughs) from that kind of documentary and more. I actually got a little emotional at a couple of points watching it Mm -hmm. because you can just tell Michelle Obama really cares about empowering people, particularly young people who've been disadvantaged. I loved seeing how she made a cornerstone of her tour getting to connect with young people and really getting to spend a good amount of time with them, coaching them, and kind of, you know, having some tough conversations like saying, you know what, sometimes you have to find motivation and meaning within yourself. And it's not something that like, you can work hard at and it'll be given to you. Like it is something that has to come from within. And that can be a hard conversation to have Mm -hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Um, But it was also just such a nice flashback to what it was like to have a presidential administration um, that, you know, communicated in full sentences. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it was it was really good. Definitely recommend it. I got really emotional over the footage of both of the Obamas attending the funeral for the shooting. Mm-hmm. Specifically, not just because that was such a, an an awful thing to have happened, but but like kind of you said how you, you kind of forget after being in the political climate we're in right now that things used to be different. And it's like, I could never see the Trumps doing that. Oh, no. no. Yeah. It just means so much to see them there and and being like genuinely they genuinely wanted to be there and you could tell mm-hmm. and it was really really nice yeah it was it was very moving at times when michelle visited her old family home i thought that was very interesting too and i just love i love behind the scenes looks at events like that cross-country tour that she did so that was really interesting they even went into her relationship with her lead secret service agent and her chief of staff. So I I really liked learning about those relationships. And she was just so, you know, open and vulnerable about 
like, yeah, life is hard sometimes. And even when you're this incredibly, you know, highly qualified, super intelligent superstar of a woman, there can still be challenges and that it's okay to do things like go to marital therapy to figure out how to be happier in your marriage. And, you know, learning that she was, you know, she wanted to be able to take control of her own destiny and not just be sort of like a side act to Barack. And to me, that's really inspiring because I can see why if you were married to Barack Obama, why it would be easy to get lost in the shuffle, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's sort of like what we hear from Hillary in the Hillary documentary over on Hulu that I think we touched on a little bit, how she was talking about how she wanted to get out of Bill's shadow. There was also this really good line she had, I think, towards the end of the end of the documentary. She said, the news is really bad out there, but I wish everyone was on this tour with me because you can see how many genuinely good people are out there. And I thought that was a really interesting point because we forget. We're, we're, we're so isolated right now and everybody's so split and, and so many people are so mean. You just forget that there's still tons of millions of really, really good people out there who want to see the best for this country. And she actually, she released a note when Netflix announced the documentary a few weeks ago, along with the first look. Uh, There was a note attached to the press release that you can look up online because it's probably everywhere now. And it's pretty lengthy. But for most of it, she did use that space to talk about hope and, and how we should still have it and how we need to remind ourselves that that that's waiting on the other side of all of this that we're going through right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just really comforting to know that, you know, they're still trying to create that feeling out in the world somewhere. Yeah. Because we get so little of it coming out of the White House. So And it was a great watch for me because shortly after this, and I'm like all inspired by Obama hope and that there's still good out there. And I went to Costco, which, of course, Costco has uh, a required mask uh, rule now to be in their stores. You have to wear a mask. Of course, I get in there. Everybody's wearing masks. It was actually a little bit surreal because like everyone in the (laughs) store was wearing them, except I get to check out and there's one middle aged dude and his small child, neither of whom are wearing masks. And I'm standing there like, what the hell? How did this happen? And then I hear the Costco employees on their walkies be like, hey, like there's a dude in here without a mask. Like, we got a 2319. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, we should have caught this. People should not be getting in like this. Da, da, da. <laughs> and then I watched the maskless child run up to one of the kiosks in front of like the cafeteria area. And just put his mouth on it. What? He just like went up and was like, oh, (laughs) no. And I was like, and his dad like didn't give a shit. I assume it was his dad. I don't know. His Mm -hmm. his adult caretaker did not care. Um, And I was just like, I can't believe this. And I was really mad in the moment. I was like, do you see everyone around you is complying? Like, are you special? Right. And the only reason that I didn't let it get the best of me is because he had a small child there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to, like, scare the kid. But good God. Yeah. Come on, y'all. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's really bad. That's really bad. I have been impressed by how many people are wearing masks and keep them on in the store, even once they go through security, so to speak. Because 
Honestly, it can get a little frustrating wearing one of those masks, especially if you start exercising or, I don't know, maybe power walking. Like, an example is at the chiropractor, they started having me do exercises while I'm wearing a mask. I ran out of breath. Like, I could not breathe. And I said, I have to take this off for a second. I, I, I'm unable to breathe otherwise. So it can um, get a little annoying and frustrating. Um, but yeah, you just, you just got to do it. We also got some listener feedback. This was from Angela. She sent this in via Patreon. I was listening to your latest episode about creating a firm that plans out spaces to protect people from a virus. Funny enough, this is exactly what my sister is currently working on. She's an interior designer that mostly works with office spaces. And since most companies have paused any additional spending on office spaces, they were really worried about future work. But as companies started looking forward to opening up offices, a lot of companies were looking to them to give them guidance on the best way to lay out the offices to maintain a six-foot distance, including changing cubicle infrastructure to separate people and planned pathways workers and visitors can take to meeting rooms, lunchrooms, etc. It's definitely a divergent of her normal work, but I'm pretty sure they're happy they still have jobs. Good for anybody who was in this line of work and then suddenly fell into these new opportunities. I mean, that's really amazing. In fact, there was a thread in the Facebook group a couple weeks ago um, in which people were discussing how their jobs have have actually gotten busier thanks to COVID-19. And, you know, I think that's great. Some of these people, they felt a little guilty that they were kind of taking advantage of the situation, but you're not taking advantage of the situation. You just happen to get a little lucky. You're in a position now where your role is extra necessary. We also got a confessional that I thought was really important to include here for some comic relief. Um, This confessee writes, I had a dream last night that I was in a throuple relationship with Andrew and Pat. (laughs) During the dream, I thought I was just dating Andrew, but then he made a comment about also dating Pat. And that's when I realized I was part of a throuple. (laughs) Don't worry. Nothing sexual happened. We just hung out and we're going to Disneyland together. While I'm happily in a relationship, and I know Andrew and Pat are happily together, I won't lie, I wouldn't mind being in a throuple with them. Wow. They are both they are both cute and seem like awesome people. I am cute and awesome for sure. Okay, well, look, if you're a man, we're probably <laughs> more interested in that. If you are a female, we're probably less interested, but I'm glad to hear that you are interested. Um, I don't know, maybe we can make something happen. Just, just let us know. Pat doesn't have Andrew, a job right now. Are you like a sugar daddy? I've been encouraging him to take on the sugar daddy, the sugar baby life. Andrew, you sound like um, one of those like form thank you letters for applying for a job. <laughs> We're glad to hear you're interested. Thanks for your interest in joining our relationship. At this time, we are currently not accepting new applicants. <laughs> However, send some nudes and we'll get back to you at a later date. <laughs> Honestly, that's more than I hope for whenever I apply to jobs. So. <laughs> that's fair. Later in today's episode, we will be joined by one of our Bay patrons, Tiara. She actually works at a bank and is working from home, and she works in cybersecurity for that bank. So we'll talk to her about cybersecurity in general. And we also have a game to play with her. This is a new game. It's called Do You Know the Hosts? We're also going to talk about some coronavirus updates, some things that have caught our eye but first we wanted to talk about what's been going on with Adele right Pam yeah Adele was a huge hot trending topic last week on Twitter did you guys see this maybe not Laura because Laura was busy with real life shit no I actually all over 
I actually did see. Yeah. So because um, my my intro to this, I just want to say is like, I saw a tweet that was like, Adele was always beautiful. You are all just fat phobic, and I was like, what? <laughs> So that was my introduction. <laughs> Honestly, that I'm sure that's probably most people's introductions. That was also my introduction, funnily enough. And uh, it's pretty interesting, actually, that Adele was trending for her hot new bod, which is how the media was framing it for the most part, uh, because she actually just took to Instagram to post a picture of herself, as most people do. And in the caption, she thanked all the fans for the birthday love. She just turned 32. And she also gave a shout out to frontline workers in light of the pandemic. Did not say anything about her weight at all. But it's impossible to miss that she has lost a lot of weight. This is not really anything new. I feel like she's been gradually, you know, showing signs of weight loss. Mm -hmm. And it's no secret that she works out. So... It was kind of interesting that people really grabbed on to this particular post and not more so to some of the other ones that she's been posting over the course of the last maybe like five months or so. So like Laura said, this sparked a lot of discourse online. And on one side, you had a lot of people praising her for the glow up and arguing that weight loss and the hard work it takes to achieve this should be celebrated no matter who you are. And on the other side, you had people saying that you know, using words like glow up, inspiring, stunning, beautiful, etc. is uh, is actually detrimental to the beauty standards and is fat phobic, kind of like the tweets that Laura and I were seeing when all of this was going down. And uh, some were also arguing that putting so much value on Adele's weight loss was diminishing the value that she already has as an incredible artist. Um, you know, she's done a lot in her career over the course of the time that she's been in the public eye. Um, and a lot were also saying that because Adele hasn't said anything specifically addressing her weight loss, then we shouldn't address it either. And I thought that that would be an interesting, you know, place for us to start with this, because I think that we hear a lot now more than ever that it's never okay to comment on somebody's weight. But I also feel like when people take that in, they're thinking specifically about commenting on people's fatness. So why is there this weird sort of caveat when it comes to, you know, people thinking it's okay to comment on weight loss, for example? I think the the trouble comes when the comment is rooted um, in a place of, oh, you used to be ugly. Now you're not ugly. <laughs> You know, because then you're equating fatness with unattractiveness. And that's harmful, not just to the person, but also to many people of different body dimensions <laughs> across the spectrum. I think that it's really different to say to somebody, good job. I can tell you worked really hard or like, good job. Like, what have you been doing? Like just to ask people like even about like workout routines, I think is very different than just being like, oh, you got hot, <laughs> you know, Adele needs to write like a diet and workout book <laughs> to, to tell us how she achieved this, because clearly it, it has taken some time as it should. And that would sell like hotcakes. It's like how RBG has that book. It's really popular because people are like, wow, if RBG can do it, I can do it, too. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I think that a lot of people use that as, as inspiration and, and, you know, whatever helps you get to a point where 
you feel like you need to be, I think, is okay. But um, I do appreciate sometimes when people point out that, uh, maybe not RBG, but somebody like Adele, for example, she has the access to all of the tools, and she also Mm -hmm. has the time. And that might not be necessarily attainable to normal people like us who maybe don't have the money to shell out for a nutritionist and uh, a personal trainer and don't have the time Mm -hmm. to work out. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. That vigorously. Yeah. Well, also, you just don't know about somebody's state of mind. So, like, you know, if you co- commenting on somebody's weight is always a bit dangerous, especially if you don't know. So, like, I, I believe Adele just went through a divorce. Is that correct? I'm not super up to speed, but like, mm-hmm. there are, you know, many different reasons why somebody might you know, see a change in their body type. And I think it's just something that we have to be cognizant of before we open our mouths. Mm -hmm. But Pam, I think you said she's been pretty open about like working out, it sounds like. Yeah, it's not a secret. I know that um, quite a few people were referencing the fact that it's not that she's never worked out before, especially coming into, you know, all these world tours that she's done. She maybe just, you know, is doing it differently now or Mm -hmm. incorporating other lifestyle changes that would have led to, you know, her body transformation. Mm -hmm. I think what was also so shocking about this photo is that I'm looking through Adele's Instagram and she doesn't post a crazy amount, but this was the first photo that's like full body shot and like this super tight, thin dress. It's just so shocking to, to go from the photos that we've seen previously to that. And you can you can really see the weight loss in that photo. Um, that said, I kind of feel gross even talking about it because, yeah, personally, I don't think we need to be talking about it. Are we going to think it in our heads? Of course. But I hate when it becomes like this day long conversation on Twitter and then it turns into, well, we should we even be talking about it at all? Everybody just think about it for a few seconds and move on. Right. Well, I think we just have to reframe the way that we think about these things because, you know, if somebody goes about this kind of weight loss, you know, healthily and at, you know, a a reasonable speed of of progress, that's really hard work. And Mm -hmm. I think that maybe a better way to think about it is like, oh, wow, good job. That, you know, that must have taken a lot to put in the work to make that happen, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I also wanted to kind of, um, you know, make this a little bit more personal by asking um, just in general, because I think that we've all over the course of our lives probably gone through some kind of weight loss journey. Um, And I just wanted to know how it makes both of you feel when people comment on the progress you've made or have commented in the past on the progress you've made. Well, when they're, when they're commenting what you want to hear, it feels good for sure. It feels like your work is paying off. Um, yeah, because when I moved out to California in 2008, I think I've told this story a couple times. I put on a lot of weight out there and because I was just eating fast food nonstop, not working out, just being a typical college kid who just moved across the country. And then I realized one day how much weight I had gained. And from there, I started u- losing it over the course of a year or so. And yeah, people did comment. And but they were saying what I wanted to hear, so it felt good. Yeah, I think it depends. Um, I've been on a weight loss journey my entire life, and sometimes 
you know, the comments are really encouraging. You know, I don't mind if somebody's like, you know, hey, it looks like you've maybe lost a little bit of weight. You look great. Or like, I, I especially like it when there are things that get referenced that aren't necessarily related to my physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, you know, me and Mark work out together a lot. And so a big part of our focus has not been like losing weight. It's been getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, So, like, seeing the progress that I've been making in terms of, you know, my gains, (laughs) um, that that part of it is really nice. Um, But I do, especially when you're young, people think they can say whatever the fuck they want because you're a kid. And I cannot. Like, the number of times an adult would be like, oh, you would look so pretty if you were skinny. Or like, oh, you only need to lose, like, 10 pounds. Like bitch, you don't get to look at me and qualify. You're not a medical professional. Get out of my face. So that that kind of stuff is hard. Mm-hmm. And it, I think, tends to stick with you as well. Um, it took me a long time to get over some of that or to, like, reprogram my own messaging. And even sometimes now it's still hard and I have to, like, reset myself and be like, nope. We don't think about it that way anymore, but it's always a a work in progress for mm. sure. How about you, Pam? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I um I really like that we're talking about this because I feel like it really shows that there's no right or wrong way to approach this and everybody is uniquely different in how they feel about this. For me personally, I've always struggled with um you know, comments about my weight, whether good or bad. And it's because like Laura said, it's really easy to get into your own head. So like, say somebody comments three times in a row, oh, you look, you look so skinny, or you look like you've lost weight. But then the fourth time they don't say anything. It's really easy, especially if you struggle with body image issues in general, or, you know, maybe you have struggled with eating disorders in the past to let that really, you know, consume you in a way that it shouldn't. And it really sucks because, you know, like, I don't know, it just it just really sucks because it's hard to get out of that mind frame. Um, But yeah, I think that ultimately, I would agree with what Laura was saying, which is that, you know, I think that there is probably a healthier way to go about telling somebody that they look nice instead of just, you know, using you look so skinny as a compliment. So, you know, even commenting, oh, I really like I love the way that dress fits on you. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you notice somebody like say say like you were Adele's bestie, I feel like maybe that might be a nicer way to say you know, you look good. Right. Instead of just saying, yeah. like, oh, you're so skinny, you lost so much weight. Mm-hmm. Or you look happy. Mm hmm. Right. Like you look right. You look really happy or like, I love your makeup in that picture or something along those lines. Um, Yeah, I agree to play a little bit of devil's advocate here, just because I'm sure this thought is out there. Um, But is there any possibility that maybe Adele was kind of having a moment of like, look at how hard I've worked and I'm going to enjoy the fruits of this labor like Possibly. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm okay with that if that's yeah, cause what she wants, you know? She, like, <laughs> She knew what would happen when she posted this photo. She knew. 
It's not like she looked at the comments and was like, wow, what a surprise. And the reason I say that is because she stays away from the spotlight when she's not touring or releasing new music. And like I said earlier, this is the first full body photo she's posted on her Instagram in a long time. And it's just a very striking photo. So, so yeah, I think, I think she was, she knew she was going to get this reaction and hopefully it makes her feel good. Yeah. 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 I will say unfortunately the problem with being somebody as popular as Adele is that her weight is going to be critiqued for the rest of her life. Every little, she's going to be monitored so fucking closely and the British tabloids are going to pick up any change they can detect. And she knows, she probably knows there's like this pressure on her. And I hate to say this to keep the weight down because otherwise that's going to be the next story. Just like this weight loss was the story in the past week. I mean, like, that's a really good point. And it kind of just brings me to the last question I wanted to talk about, which was that, you know, the media has always been obsessed with body image and pushing these sometimes unattainable beauty standards, particularly geared towards women. Although, you know, obviously, it it applies to men, too. Um, This is nothing new. I feel like we we see this happen um, frequently and often, and it's been happening forever. Um, But, you know, the last few years, you've also seen kind of the rise in the body body positivity movement. It's been kind of growing online. Do you guys feel like the dial's turning at all? Or are we just kind of being too hopeful about the fact that it is? I think it's turning just slowly. And I think people, anonymous people on the internet are always going to suck. Right. They're, They're always, always going to be there. Suck. There's always going to be trolls. Yeah. It's going to be a lot well, of ne- think, negativity forever. I think there's also just a lot of people for whom, you know, just like we were kind of talking about for ourselves, we had to really reprogram the way we thought about these things. You know, as a culture, we need to reprogram the way that we talk about these things and the way we observe. Um, and so that that's going to take time. I think just like any other social progress that is, you know, currently unfolding, you know, I think about things like people getting used to a wider range of preferred gender pronouns, for example, that is taking some people a long time to wrap their brains around and get comfortable with using. And I mean, I don't think that that these two topics are the same thing. Um, Like, I don't think that they're like equivalent in any way. Um, I just think it's a it's a good example of another thing that is going to take a little bit of repro- a lot of pre- reprogramming um, with ourselves culturally before we start to see, you know, the fruits of that labor pay off. Pam, when are we getting a new Adele album? Um, soon, I hope. La- well, last year on her birthday, Adele-, Adele posts like every year on her birthday. She said that 30 really tried her hard and she insinuated that that's going to make for a pretty good album. So... That was a year ago. Hopefully that means that she's working hard, even though she's been away from the spotlight. And, uh, you know, 30 is about to be fantastic, I think, because that's probably going to be the title. Flirty and 30, 30 and flirty. 30, flirty and thriving. There you go. That'll be the title of the album. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the latest developments concerning the coronavirus. So first of all, just a little personal thing. Today... It was implied heavily that Illinois' stay-at-home order will not be lifted at the end of this month. They're looking at the latest projections, and now the peak isn't coming till mid-June. That means that things won't return to normal until the end of June, best-case scenario here in Chicago. 
Laura, your state made headlines again because your state has foregone driving tests and has handed out 20,000 yeah. licenses to teens. You don't need you don't need corona testing and you don't need driver's ed testing. Just fuck it. Fuck it. It's a free for all. Does that worry you? A little bit. Um, but honestly, I went through driver's ed here in Georgia when I was in high school and it wasn't that great then. So mm-hmm. who knows? I don't like because here at least you had to take like a written exam in order to get your learner's permit. Mm. And then once you had your learner's permit, as long as you had an adult 21 or older in the car with you, you could drive. Mm. And it's kind of like a joke, like taking a written test does not teach you how to drive. Like you weren't required to take a class. But I feel like these kids are probably being taught by their parents. I know I was taught by my parents before taking the driver's test. Your parents are responsible. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I I actually did take driver's ed when I was in high school. My parents required it, but I had to take it through like a separate program that was offered in my community that we had to pay for. Mm-hmm. And one morning when my mom dropped me off at driver's ed, she got backed into by a teenager who was dropping his younger brother off for driver's ed. The teenager was 15 and unlicensed. So... And his parents knew he was dropping his brother off. Mm. So there are always going to be dickheads out here who try to, like, skirt the rules. It's not a good look for the state that they're doing without these driver's tests, because that does seem important. There are a lot of things about the great state of Georgia that aren't a good look right now. Um, One of them I wanted to kind of (laughs) bring up in conjunction with this, because it's something I'm very concerned about from the state of Georgia. And it's regarding Ahmoud Aubrey. Mm. I don't know if you guys have seen mm-hmm. the the footage of that, um, but he's he was uh, a 25-year-old black man who was literally hunted down and shot to death by two white men um, while he was just out jogging at the end of February. And the reason that this is getting so much attention now is because it turned out there was footage Footage has come out in the last week, and it makes it clear that there's, like, zero gray area with this situation. Um, And the thing that's really irking me about it is that, you know, up until recently, there had been no arrests made. Like, these two members of, I like to call them um, (laughs) Y'all-Qaeda, they're just, like, outliving their lives. It's pretty good. And um, they, you know, the, the DA just passed the case off to a grand jury because the DA had a conflict of interest Mm -hmm. in that one of the murderers worked in the DA's office last year. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. And so this has been passed off to a grand jury, um, (laughs) which I have my own concerns about. But Georgia can't convene a grand jury right now because of COVID-19. So who knows when this is going to be addressed. And, you know, when I think about a grand jury, it makes me think of Eric Garner. It was another case of, you know, brutality against an unarmed black man that resulted in his death that was also videotaped. And it was very clear from that footage that there there was no gray area. There was no like, oh, he might have like escalated this. There was nothing. And that officer was let off by the grand jury. So I'm just not convinced that this is the best route at this point. It makes me really nervous. Um, and it just, it's, it's shameful. And the state's not doing anything or they're not doing enough about it as of this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to make sure to mention it 
and get it out there. The footage is super, super rough. Like I don't recommend like going out and watching yeah, it. Yeah, I haven't unless, watched it. Unless you're prepared. It's it's really horrible. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of commentary going on out there, a lot of victim blaming that's happening, and um there is like zero evidence to suggest um that Arbery did anything mm-hmm. that warranted being gunned down in the street. And he didn't so. have a gun, by the way. I no. think the people mm-hmm. who shot him initially claimed that he had a gun. He did not. Yeah. So well, they also claim that he burglarized a home, which he did not. Yeah, weren't they saying that they they were trying to blame it on a string of burglaries that had happened mm-hmm. in the neighborhood, and they said that he was responsible? Or yeah, yeah, but because he was black and because he was running, they automatically assumed criminal. Right, right, of course. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, and here in Georgia, of course, like people love to go on about like how citizens' arrest is legal here. And it's like, citizens arrest, like, yes, it's legal here, but you have to have witnessed a fucking crime. Right. And you it's can't not just citizens see somebody, murder. Right. Yeah. You can't just see somebody running and be like, oh, I wonder what they're running from. So, yeah, I'm just I'm pissed off about this. And yeah. I just wanted to make sure it was something that like even with our very small platform, I wanted to make sure that we addressed it because it's fucked up. And it might come up again in the weeks ahead because this yep. story is just getting started. It sounds like. Yeah. Um, Turning back to coronavirus, masks are now going to be required for most officials at the White House. This comes after a military valet and Katie Miller, the vice president's spokeswoman, both tested positive for coronavirus in the past week. So it's now in the White House. They both work within the White House. And it's making me and I think many others wonder or ask themselves if the White House can't contain this, if they can't stop it at the door. How can any of us and how can any of us be comfortable with going outside again and going to sporting events and going into stores and being close to people when when the leaders of this country can't handle it? I mean, we can't. I think that's the short answer. And it's not the answer that anybody wants to hear. I Everybody desperately wants to get back to normal. But what's really frightening me right now is that people are seeing states reopening. They're seeing like, oh... It doesn't seem like new cases are being reported on as heavily, not taking into account the fact that it's going to take two to three weeks, you know, about two to three weeks from this point to start seeing more cases as they emerge. And the more that you go out and expose yourself to other people, especially if you're not wearing any kind of protective gear, then the cases will jump. Um, You know, we're seeing this in Georgia where like our governor was trying to say that our cases are trending down. They're not. And the people who desperately want to prioritize the economy over people's health and lives, um, they don't give a shit. They're going to lie to you. Mm -hmm. Don't believe them. I really feel like Trump could get coronavirus at this point because it it spreads so easily as they would never tell us. I still think they would. You think? No. If you start seeing him near nobody, then yes, maybe he does have it. But for as long as he's standing near people, now I know like Dr. Fauci, he decided to self-quarantine because of these cases within the White House. Of course, this hasn't changed the way that Trump is operating or Pence. And uh, like I said, they're making a lot of the White House people in the White House wear masks, but not them too. 
Yeah, I just I I think we would know. It would leak. This this White House is so leaky. It would get out. Yeah, hundred percent. I just wonder. That I could believe, but I don't think they'll make a, a an official statement like the president has contracted. Well, yeah. they're gonna have to once it leaks. I don't <laughs> unless know if he they'll just confirm it. it. I mean, think about all the shit they've denied that We're... we later found out was true. Yeah, I think they'll deny it, but it'll be one of those things where it's like commonly accepted knowledge at a certain point. Um, that oh yeah, the president has COVID, but the White House is saying he doesn't, but he definitely has it. Meanwhile, Obama had a private call with three thousand supporters. I guess these are major donors, and uh, he actually critiqued Trump's handling of the coronavirus. He called it an absolute chaotic disaster because of this administration. He said, under any administration, uh, it would be bad. But under this administration, it's been an absolute chaotic disaster. Of course, Trump did not like this. He has tweeted Obamagate a couple times. So anyway, I love this. Apparently, Obama is going to be talking a little more as we get closer to the election. Funnily enough, um, Obama has avoided critiquing Trump because he doesn't want to get bogged down in this fight with Trump over Twitter and all that. He just doesn't want to deal with it. And Obama's avoidance of calling out Trump has caused his team to compare the situation to Harry Potter and he who shall not be named. (laughs) It just gives Trump way too much credit, though. This was in the New York Times, by the way. They're reporting on this comparison, this Harry Potter comparison. Let's let's be fair. Voldemort wasn't he wasn't quite that like he wasn't a buffoon. He was a smart criminal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he had a plan in place. So I guess there's something to be said for <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, he was well spoken. I was thinking about this and and not that it's not going to happen anyway, because any kind of quote can be misconstrued. But I do kind of wonder if he's just trying to keep Trump's name out of his mouth because that way they can't splice the audio. And that's smart. You know, yeah, actually. I think for now, he just wants to stay out of it. That's that's all, because he knows how Trump is going to react and how's, how his base is going to react. By the way, I have a question for you, too, as I send this link to Tiara. Um, Pat and I may be taking a trip, a cross-country trip. Okay. Later this week. Oh. Smart or stupid? Well, it's not smart, but is it stupid? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Yeah, where are you going... Where are you going to stay? Out west in a hotel. Hotels are still open. Yeah. Out west, driving, so not on a plane. And it's not for fun necessarily. It's for life reasons. Does that make it better? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, if they're mandatory. I mean, obviously, like I'm in a situation right now where I have no choice but to have broken quarantine to an extent. So like those kinds of things where it's like, this is a life necessity, then yeah. Yeah. Like, nobody's died, but I feel like it's a necessity. A necessity. Okay. I don't want to go into it on air. Yeah, but you can yeah. fill us in more. I would say if it, my personal preference would be that if it is not something that is absolutely necessary, I would not do it. Okay. Well, this isn't going to change my decision. I I'm know just curious it's not. For well, we figured the show. it wouldn't, but you <laughs> asked us our opinions. Yes. So. Yeah. For the show, I want to hear your opinions. <laughs> yeah. I, I would not. And, I I hope that you're planning on not making too many stops during your drive. We're, we're going to be cautious. We're going to have a big old thing of disinfectant wipes. We're going to have masks. We're going to avoid people. We're going to do what we can. But I also don't want to miss miss this opportunity. One reason is because Pat is unemployed right now. 
and now's the opportunity to do this thing. So mm-hmm. it just feels like we're we'd be wasting time and if if we didn't do it. So um yeah, so next week's episode I may be coming to you from somewhere else. Hopefully not a hospital. Chelsea says if you get the virus, Andrew, don't come crying. <laughs> <laughs> seriously i'll blame trump if i get the virus (laughs) we'll see andrew on a ventilator and we'll be like told you so oh god i feel like well he would have to podcast from his hospital room because you know he's always trying to extort everyone else i'm (laughs) trying to extort show yeah it's like laura broadcast your wedding oh (laughs) (laughs) i mean obviously i would broadcast from the hospital bed you guys know i love doing stuff like that for the show so rattled breath and the ventilator going off (laughs) do it for the like awful i would just come on to get my affairs in order because i wouldn't want y'all like stealing the show or like my computer or my car oh you're not gonna leave all of it to laura and i fuck no no (laughs) who are you gonna leave it to uh tiara our big guest <laughs> hi, hi tiara. tiara hi how are you guys hi. good, good. How, how are you, you? Uh, i'm doing good so tell us a little bit about yourself where where are you what do you do and how are you doing um well i'm doing good i currently live in dallas texas uh, i moved here right after i graduated college uh, i got a job as a project manager uh, at City. And so that's what I've been doing here. Um, it's been, it'll actually be two years that I've lived here and like exactly a month. That's awesome. Are you enjoying it there? It's, it took a lot of adjusting. If you would have asked me like a year ago, I would have said like, no, I hate this. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, I mean, like I've made friends since I've been here. And so that's good, I guess. Um, but yeah. Uh, since, I mean, since I moved here just for work, it's not like I have to stay here. Like I would be more than happy, like going somewhere else. Okay. So you're about our age. You just moved somewhere. Mm-hmm. How, and you said you've made friends. How does one make friends when they move <laughs> to a new city? How did you do it? Okay. So I got lucky. Um, so like I said, I started like right after uh, college. And so at, um, where I work, we have actually, they do like a graduate program kind of thing where they hire a number of students that have like just graduated. And so I was hired on with like 30 other people my age. And then they're also like, and they do that every year. And so there are people like above me that like were hired like a year before me, years before, whatever. And so, I don't know, I got lucky that way. So it's basically kind of just like, oh, yeah, here's another school kind of with all the people that are around your age. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. It's like an automatic network community that you can lean on. I love that. Yeah, so it's actually pretty pretty common um, across a lot of like big, like so city where I work, um, like C-I-T-I, not like the city of Dallas. The bank. Yeah. Yeah. I work at City. Well, what city? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I do have a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, City. They're like, oh, the city of Dallas. Like, no, not the city of Dallas. <laughs> but yeah, so, um, but yeah, a lot of like really big companies like that have um, those kind of programs where mm-hmm. they hire a bunch of like college graduates, and then basically um, you can just kind of start in the company and then work your way up if you choose, or you can choose to try something else. But yeah. 
Yeah, that's cool. So you've been working from home. Mm-hmm. And it looks like you have a fun home. You have a foosball table right behind you. Uh, yes, I <laughs> I actually got that a long time ago. Uh-huh. And when I w- moved to college, I was like, oh, well, like, do you want to take this foosball table? And I was like, oh, sh- sh- I guess so. And so like then I uh, when I would have people over, I was like, oh, well, this could be my uh, way to trick people into having fun if i don't know what to do like oh hey here's foosball <laughs> check out my foosball table yeah i love that <laughs> it's actually a good idea because like not everybody has a foosball table of course like that's kind of like a rare item you'll find at somebody's house so that's a fun twist yeah <laughs> fun benefit of visiting you but how has work from home gone for you do you like it have you adapted well we have a kind of like a system of like well you're supposed to go into the office but you're adults. So if you don't go in, there might be consequences. And so that's kind of how, how it's always been. And so like some, there are some people that go into the office every single day. And then there are some people that I haven't seen them in months. Like Mm. there are some people's like, it's probably been a year since I've seen them. And so like, it just kind of depends. Um, They're pretty um, relaxed on it, but um I usually went in about three days a week, usually. And so now I just am like, well, I don't have to feel bad about not going in today. <laughs> <laughs> so even before coronavirus, you were working from home three days a week? Two or three, yeah. Wow, that's great. Yeah. To be honest, that's my ideal breakdown. I would love to have a hybrid schedule like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping I can do something like that after this is over. We wanted to talk with you about cybersecurity because you've actually started getting involved in cybersecurity at City, right? For example, so like uh, one of the like big things is like encryption. So like all like usually mm-hmm. data is um, usually encrypted in uh, uh, some sort of like database. So like for example, if you were to like go and like swipe your card or something like that, that is then encrypted by um, so like the place that you're at if you're at like the grocery store or something like that. Like the grocery store never actually has access to your card information they never actually see it that's immediately encrypted then sent off to like um, a server they unlock it and basically it's like ah yes this person has money Mm. tell the merchant they have money so in that sort of way like you're always protected always you're supposed Mm. to always be protected sometimes there Mm -hmm. are like hackers and stuff like that yeah but yeah i would say like if you're trying to like protect your data obviously like don't use um easy passwords for people to guess not one two three (laughs) Uh, and using those passwords everywhere i admit i used to do that a lot like single word passwords i think i said this on the show my parents had a password that i just inherited because i got so used to using their password um but you got to use like one password or last pass one of these password managers and actually you don't have to use those exactly Chrome and Safari, they have built in password managers these days, mm-hmm. and they can suggest really strong passwords for you. And then it will, they, the browser will store those really strong passwords for you or your phone. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. You can't take these shortcuts of just doing these simple passwords because you will get hacked. Somebody will break in eventually. And so like, that's like one of those things where like, like you were saying, like LastPass um, and then like, like um, Google has the extension. So like, those are always good. Um, Two-factor authentication is also pretty good, um, which like sends you a code whenever you're trying to like sign into something, uh, just make sure you are who you are. 
And what was your note about private slash public cloud services? Okay, so my focus is actually so all, like it's a bank, so there are lots of small teams that make one big thing. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I do like uh, public and private cloud services. So like if you're thinking like um, Amazon Web Services, which is basically like a containerization for applications and um, uh, basically have them in a cloud. It's um, cheaper to utilize the cloud instead of your own like in-house um, servers and um, racks. We and use them like on that. Hypable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, we use AWS. <laughs> yep. So we have, so yeah, like, so AWS is one of them that we use, um, which basically if you take like the AWS that you use for Hypable, it's probably w- 180 from the AWS that we would use at City, just because um, of all of the different like changes that we have to do. Right. Yours is a very super serious business, whereas Hypable is basically a joke. <laughs> That, I know but... you weren't. Impl- I know <laughs> no. you weren't implying that, but don't that's put the words truth. in Tiara's mouth. No, 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 no. I seriously was not implying that. So I was just making. I'll just joke. say, Hypable does not handle bank account information. <laughs> Got it. Got yes, it. fair point. Well, Hypabank is coming soon, but yes, for now we do not. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> Will we all sign up for accounts with Hypabank? <laughs> yes, very high interest. Yeah, but I'm collecting. <laughs> I'm not Tom Nook. <laughs> I collect interest. Anyway, sorry, you were saying. Oh, no, no, I was just saying. So, uh, but yeah, so like we basically take this like nice AWS web services that they made and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so great. Okay, now here we are going to completely get rid of all the things that make this great and then add a bunch of security standards in it, which makes it very hard to use and mm. uh, takes a really long time. I have a question about, it's it's a type of fraud. Um, so something that happened to my boyfriend not long ago was his debit card got cloned and somebody was able to use that at a Publix, which is like a local local grocery store chain uh, down in Macon, which is nowhere near us. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering, how is that possible? Like when they say cloned it, do they mean they cloned it and like physically gl- cloned a card? Um. I would guess, and I don't know for sure, but I would guess if they're saying someone cloned it, um, they were probably hacked and a hacker was able to decrypt the card information. Mm -hmm. And so once they were able to decrypt it, they were able to get all of that information and maybe use it however they wanted to. Um, I'm not 100% sure, though. But I would guess that they were hacked. That that's the method. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now we want to play this game with you. Do you know the hosts? So this is a new game. <laughs> so here's how this is going to work. I'm going to present Tiara with five different categories and also three options. And Tiara has to guess whose number is whose. So the first question is the number of songs in our iTunes libraries, 114, 4,985, and 64. Whose number is whose? Okay, so for the first one, I had Andrew for 114 only just because like, I know that you've like, like talked about like having like iTunes, but like no one really uses iTunes anymore. (laughs) <laughs> and so like but then like i for some reason think that 
um, Laura, who has six, uh, who I put for, I guess for 64, probably cares even less about iTunes than Andrew does. <laughs> and then I just get the feeling that Pam really, like, I know she really likes music and she's like, I can't let go of my babies and I have to keep them on my iTunes. So I had her for 4,985. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing. I thought Pam would have the highest number, but she doesn't. She doesn't. <laughs> That's me. Really? That's me. <laughs> the plot Pam, twist. Pam only has 64 and Laura has 114. Pam, I agree with Tiara. Why don't you have music in your <laughs> iTunes library? So, okay. So I used to, but when I switched over to the MacBook Air, which has significantly less storage than what I used to have... I deleted all of my music off of my computer and put it on my external hard drive. So it's not in my iTunes library, but I still have those files. Okay. Mm. I will say you were absolutely right about me not caring about iTunes. <laughs> I could I could care less about iTunes. I hate um, the way their licensing works that, you know, when you buy music through them, it's like still kind of theirs. Mm -hmm. And it's really difficult to like, to other things like fuck it i will just use spotify yeah <laughs> so i primarily use spotify however my husband bruce releases live concerts once a month right. and i also have bootlegs and that collection is basically the majority of my itunes library so that's why i have them in itunes and that's why i have such a large song count there so yeah it was a trick question but like you yeah. i thought pam was gonna have a large ass <laughs> I, I should have but like i said there, there it's, it's like a loophole you know? <laughs> <laughs> all right number of unique editions of the harry potter books the options are six four and eight okay this one was actually kind of hard but i guessed pam with four laura with six and andrew with eight <laughs> <laughs> okay okay um, ascending order <laughs> i don't i don't yeah because andrew hosts the muggle cast laura hosts the muggle cast but she was gone for a couple years so yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and then pam is she even a harry potter fan i don't even know um, no one knows. <laughs> those were actually wrong but they were good guesses pam has the most with eight what <laughs> yeah the secret's out you guys i'm a huge harry potter fan <laughs> Um, I have six and Laura has four. Yeah, I so suck. I have again. the illustrated <laughs> um, Hogwarts house, one Spanish, um, one anniversary edition, the U.S. Edi editions, of course, and then one more that is escaping me at the moment. I'd have to go look again. I have U.S. and U.K. Um, That's the other I, one. Yeah, yeah, for me. Yeah. I counted these out. I have a, I have a Spanish one as well. And then I think I counted the audiobook edition. <laughs> okay, that, that counts. Oh, okay. Well, if that's the case, I actually have nine. <laughs> oh, Pam's Pam, why do you have so many? So, so I have, okay, so I have the, all the US, and then I have a few of the UK, and then I have a full set in Spanish, and then I have the first book in French, German, Japanese, and then I have... One copy of Prisoner of Azkaban in the Canadian adult cover version. And I have the four illustrated. And the reason that I have so many is because obviously, you know, big phase of my life. But also because for a while when I when I was traveling a little bit more, I thought I, I never knew what to buy myself as a souvenir. And Harry Potter was still just coming out and I wasn't thinking very clearly. So I thought it would be fun to buy a book from every country because at least I knew 
you know, that that was something that I liked. Yeah. And I could put it on my bookshelf and I would always know that I bought it in a certain place. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I don't think at the time we anticipated that there would be a million other versions of these books being made. So, <laughs> yeah. Tiara, how many do you have? I have none. (laughs) Really? Have you not read Harry Potter? I haven't. I got, I actually have the prisoner of Azkaban because I was, I was really young and my mom and I were at the bookstore one day and I had watched the movies, but I hadn't Uh read the books. And so we were at the store and I was just a random Harry Potter book chilling. And I was like, I want this. And so I asked for it and she got it for me. And I never read it obviously because it was the fourth (laughs) one. So it made no sense to actually have it. But um, one of my really good friends just actually started rereading um, Harry Potter and my friends are thinking about doing a book club for it. So yeah, I don't know. How did you find us then? Was it imprint? Yep. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That's so cool, though. You'll have to update us on your Harry Potter book club if you choose to participate. I wish I could experience Harry Potter again for the first time. I know. Me too. I'm so envious, actually. So I hope Mm -hmm. you'll keep us posted. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like I've always said, like, yeah, I will read them eventually. I just haven't yet. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Number of sex toys. Now, this is an interesting one. Zero, zero, and three. Yeah. (laughs) No, this one, hopefully, I got at least one of them, right? (laughs) But, (laughs) um, yeah, so for this one, I had um, Laura with zero and Andrew with three and Pam (laughs) with zero as well. And <laughs> why? Why do I have three? Um, well, because you're a deviant. <laughs> I don't know. I just think that of all, like, I don't even know if I've ever heard you like mention it before, but I feel like if anyone would have mentioned having any sex toys, it would have been Andrew. Mm. Like, I, yeah, the inventor of simming. Yeah. Well reasoned. True. Well reasoned. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I get it. I remember someone telling like because when I was looking at this I was like wait a minute because I remember someone telling the story about like um a butt plug and it like going <laughs> off like while they forgot about it but I don't think that was Laura I was like wait a minute that actually may have been Elisa <laughs> but it, it was her <laughs> okay <laughs> but yeah and so it's like okay well and so that was actually a toss-up I was just like you know what I'll just put Andrew for three but yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually Laura who has the three. Yeah. And then I, pu- I put in these, I put in my answer of zero and Laura messages me, Andrew, I don't believe you have no sex toys. I, don't. I, I still don't believe it. I think that is such an egregious lie. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Laura coming for me. I do not have sex toys. I don't. It's I, so funny. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier. Why don't I have a sex toy? My dick is a sex toy. I've got one already. <laughs> I mean, by that logic, (laughs) nobody needs a sex toy. (laughs) Oh, but you know what I mean. uh, Anyway, I'm actually really surprised that Pam doesn't have a sex toy. You know, I just have never gotten around to buying one. And there's so (laughs) many choices. Because I feel like we've spoken about it on air. And I feel like Pam at times has been like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. I'll have to try that. I'm not opposed. I'm not anti-sex toy. Just, you know, uh, well, 
there are a couple of reasons. I think first, you really need to do your research and you shouldn't skimp on the price because you're putting it on your body. Yes. So that's 100%. a thing too. They can be a little bit expensive. And who's to say you're actually going to like what you shell out the money for? So if I remember I'm just correctly, too lazy to research. The last time we spoke about this, Pam, it was you who suggested making sure you spend money on it. And that made me think you did have a sex toy. Like, what are you doing <laughs> dishing out advice if you're not actually buying any of this? Well, well look, my human know? sexuality class, the one human sexuality class I took at university, they taught me a few things that was you know, th- th- that that was probably like the most important takeaway, which is that, you know, maybe you can probably buy sex toys off of Amazon, but you should really make sure that it's medical grade silicone. Yeah, <laughs> thousand percent. You know? and, and please yeah. know. And I think just as a woman, like, like, it's really important to know what you can shove up there. Because, yep. look, UTIs are not the business and it's really easy to get infected with yeah. shit. And good God, like, you can get UTIs so easily from like regular sex. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, man. I know. It's like if you don't pee after sex, you're fucked for the next yeah. six days. So, yeah. I think the upshot of this is have a sex toy, don't have a sex toy. It's whatever makes you happy. Mm-hmm. There's no right or wrong choice. Follow your, I was going to say, follow your heart, <laughs> follow your genitals. <laughs> I have been in close proximity to sex toys. Jemima just asked about um, the the butt plug that I was given in Vegas, like <laughs> back in 2006. No, I did not keep that By me. monstrosity at the time. I was very young and innocent. Now, why would I hold on to that? And then I did order for myself a large dildo uh, to my parents' home back in like 2007 or 8. And I took one look at this thing. And I'm like, what am I going to do with this? It's huge. <laughs> This is scary. <laughs> so I sold it like, or gave it to somebody. That'll tear me up. <laughs> I yeah. it. I, no, Andrew, one time um, we, like a group of us, stopped into a sex shop and we were all looking at dildos. Mm-hmm. You were there for that. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah you but were I did not that. buy a dildo. Andrew, I have a question but... about you selling your dildo. How do you sell, a, like, because <laughs> they were just talking about how you need to make sure that it has, like, all these, like, I feel like if it, I wouldn't except a a used yeah. dildo yeah i think i sent it as a gag to a friend okay yeah and i had never sure. actually used it if i had used it i would not have given or sold it to anybody i would have just thrown it out but yeah it's so it's, it's funny the packaging and everything like you never took it out no i took it out oh. and i was smelling it and feeling the texture of it and i was like ooh. This is like surgery, inserting that thing. <laughs> anyway. All right. Next question. Number of hard liquor bottles in the kitchen right now. The options are seven, five, seven. Okay. So my guess with this one was just, um, so Laura and Andrew, I have both for seven because you guys live with people. And so okay, I'm like, okay. Fair. I thought you were going to say because we're alcoholics, but yeah. No, 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 no. But there's more of you. And then <laughs> Pam, actually, I'm not sure if you live with anyone. I was like, I actually can't remember if she's ever mentioned if she lives with anyone or not, or if she lives by herself. And so I have Pam for five. You are exactly right. Yay. You got these all correct. <laughs> yep. Good job. <laughs> Yay. And mine was really a guesstimate because I don't have access to my liquor cabinet right now, but I was thinking like probably... On average, it's about seven. Okay. With mm-hmm. quarantine, it's probably more, mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. honest. Especially somebody like you, for sure. Oh, my God. I've been 
I feel like I have been drunk almost this entire time. <laughs> I've really gotten into whiskey lately. I love Ooh, it. I love you sipping it. You should come it. to the tea household. Okay. My I'm dad in. and Mark every <laughs> night before bed. My dad and Mark like sit down and my dad will be like, "You you want a whiskey?" Mark's like, yeah. And so they just like sit there and they drink their like fancy ass whiskey. And recap the day to each other. How was your yeah. day, Dan? Mine was fine, Mark. How was yours? Yeah, I've actually, in quarantine, I've started. So like I said, I just um, am like recently graduated college. So I am still all about those like really cheap bad drinks that you would get at mm-hmm. the bars in college. And so, and then like all of my friends um, here in um, at Dallas, they are all... Um, a little older and so they drink better drinks than I do and so like um I've started getting into wine over the Ooh, quarantine yep. so I was like look guys I'm be- I'm growing up I'm becoming an adult <laughs> now I drink wine <laughs> and it's red wine oh, too <laughs> it's so great yeah mm-hmm. I remember those days those days of like rum and vodka in plastic bottles yep we've all mm-hmm. been there yeah <laughs> As we get into the warmer months, I'll probably switch to gin and seltzer water, one of the flavored ones. I was doing that a lot last summer. I like it. It's it's a little dry, but it's like healthy, so to speak. It, Gotta put some lemon in there. Yeah, that's a good idea. It and really brightens in, up the flavor. Yeah, mix in um, like a fruit, like a shot of a fruity liqueur, like an orange liqueur. Um mm makes it really good and you Mm. and it makes like if you just make it with like cheap house gin it really Mm. spices it up so you don't have to spend too much on it perfect (laughs) i have a question for you guys Um, yeah so for i will just like i'll just run my uh drink of choice by you and you guys could just go in as hard as you want about how bad this sounds because i've heard it all but i love to hear um so what would you guys think about um a vodka water and lime juice well, that's close enough to a vodka soda and lime, yeah. which is what I drink. So I think <laughs> I've that's seen fine. people do vodka water, and I yeah. don't get it at all. How much? <laughs> how much lime juice is in there? Um. So for me, I usually can do just like. Um. So I guess it depends on if it's the like actual like real lime, or uh, artificial lime. But usually about three or four lime okay. wedges. And my next question yeah. is why? Um, okay. So- <laughs> <laughs> Let's say you're selling this to somebody. What do you like about it so much? Okay. So for me anyway, it's a good way to stay hydrated because usually oh. for me anyway, when I'm drinking and also so like I don't usually like to drink alone. Mm-hmm. And so like usually like and I, I live by myself. And so like I don't I'm never just like hanging out like, oh, let me just make a drink just because like. Uh, it, the way I always explain it, so I was like, well, I think I'm really funny when I'm drinking and who am I going to be funny with myself? That's boring. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, and so like when I'm like out in order for me to like stay hydrated, if I'm going to keep drinking, like in like, that's like usually when I do it, it's just like a good way to stay hydrated, especially because you're not like really thinking about it when you're drinking. You're just like, oh yeah, another drink. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, that's <And> smart. So- <laughs> yeah, that is smart. I'm gonna start using that excuse now because <laughs> people turn their nose up at my vodka sodas. They're like, it has no flavor. Well, it's yeah, true. I mean, but and but I like it. 
Well, and some people so don't. I'm just going to say I'm trying to stay hydrated. Some people don't like the carbonation, right? Like usually when I hear of people using water to cut their drinks is they don't like carbonated water. Is yeah, that the case I, for you? I don't drink soda. And it's actually not by like choice of like healthiness or anything. It was literally just one day I was like, wow, I haven't had soda in like a month. Oh, let's see how long I can do this. <laughs> and it's been like probably like four years or so since I've been drinking soda. But like anytime I'll like try it again, I get a headache. And so that's why yeah. I just don't drink it at all now. No, yeah. actually, I, I was anticipating something very different. Um, I can tell you about something that we invented called the Azcatraz special. That okay. was <laughs> fucking Named after a Harry Potter convention. Yeah, because we, we were like, <laughs> we're like, turn up. We're at a Harry Potter convention. Um, but it was, it was, oh, Red Bull cranberry juice and vodka and it was fucking disgusting it tasted that tastes like my my 20s yeah it tasted like like my early 20s (laughs) so actually you're doing a lot better than we were final category number of pairs of shoes in our homes currently the options are 3 14 and 24 so andrew had three um, Laura and Pam were a toss-up between 14 and 24, but I had Laura with 14 and Pam with 24. That was a hard one, by the way, for me to decide which one I wanted to pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Pam right. She was 24, and that does okay. not surprise me. But I actually have 14. <laughs> okay. I just have a lot of shoes, and I've gotten some okay. recently from <laughs> Stitch Fix, and like I don't get rid of them, and... Yeah, but Laura, why do you only have three? Is this at your current house or just in general? No, just in, in gen- general. Like wow. I, I don't. I, I suppose I might have shoes like in storage somewhere, but I don't know about them. Like yeah. I've forgotten them. I have my Vans, I have my Rothies, and I have sandals, mm-hmm. and that's it. I am a shoe minimalist. I've been like this for a long time. Like when I lived in New York, I had a pair, an old pair of Vans that were so decrepit that my pinky toe stuck out the side of one of them. <laughs> and my my parents, you know, at various points visited and my dad tried to buy me new shoes and I was like, no, these are fine. Um, and then like one time I like got in the car with my mom and she looked down and she was like, are you still wearing those broke ass shoes? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm just a minimalist. I don't, I don't like spending money on shoes. Mm. See, and so that's when I was trying to like, because I know like Laura was um, always talking about like having Rothy's. And so I was like, and for some reason, I don't know, I guess I just assumed that you had a lot of them, even though I know you can wash them. So I was <laughs> like, oh, why would she have so many Rothy's? But yeah, that makes sense now. <laughs> Actually, now, that makes them a good selling point that you don't need many. Right, yeah. yeah. I've only and had I, the I one there. Like, to, to that extent too, like, I have quite a few pairs of flats. I don't wear any of them anymore because the Rothy's are just it. So I, I could really do to, to get rid of some of the shoes that I have. And and it's really bad because I think 24 is just the estimate. I was too lazy to go into my closet to check. So like, that's, that's a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that said, even though I have 14, I don't wear all 14. I have just a couple of shoes that I wear you know, sneakers most of the time during the summer, I have some Sperry's that I wear and, and that's about it. But yeah, I do hold on to a lot of shoes because I feel like I'm going to wear them at some point. I just never do. 
I think my like so I have a ton of shoes like I, a lot and so I and then like the thing is is like I have so many just because like um like shoes if you especially like your nicer shoes they you don't wear them that much so they don't go they don't get bad and so like usually like most times like oh you buy a pair of shoes for like one thing and then like oh you might buy another pair for something else and then so like those shoes just keep building up and you only wear them maybe like once or twice for an event and then they just sit there right exactly that's why <laughs> i have so many anyway <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. Um, Tiara, I think you got one category across the board correct and then one in this one correct. Yeah. So, fake fan. I'm a fake fan. No, no. This was, <laughs> this was tough. And your reasoning was sound. This was a tough game for sure. Um, yeah. Well, thank you for playing and for being the first person to play this game. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I liked it. I think it turned out well. Let's point out who has the most alcohol, the most sex toys, and the most <laughs> shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I welcome other category ideas, by the way, listeners. If you have any other category ideas, let us know and we can do it. They it, they don't have to be number-based um, topics, but yeah, let us know how we can evolve this game in the future. Okay, it's time now for recommendations. I want to recommend looking at your favorite local restaurants for special quarantine meal kits. I've seen a couple local restaurants do this now. And one of my favorites here in Chicago, Home Slice, which Pat and I took Mark and Laura to, uh, a year or so ago, has these survival kits. And they have this one called the DIY Pizza Kit. You get a six-pack of hard seltzer, a bottle of wine, two small pizza doughs, the cheese, the sauce, pepperoni, Caesar salad, and a tub of eggless edible cookie dough, all for $60. Ooh. And it's so much fun because it's just a night. You know, it's it's a night in. It's two different types of alcohol you make pizza together you got dessert you got salad i hate salad with pizza and cookie dough but whatever <laughs> we ate it just to be good and yeah it was just, it was just a fun way to support local and then they have these other items they have a buy a meal for a healthcare worker slash volunteer for 11 dollars. and then they have this thing called ice ice baby and the description reads Want to ice your friends but can't because they are locked up in their house? Send them a Smirnoff ice and let them know you're thinking of them. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah, they just got clever thing- things like I that. I didn't realize icing people was still a thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably on the way out, isn't it? Yeah. But it's a way to deliver your friends alcohol, so. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm for it. Uh, I want to recommend, they have several brands of these, but it is um, an electric spin scrub brush. I know that's a mouthful. So I've seen these advertised on Facebook lately, and it's just these super satisfying videos of people going after like the grout in their bathroom with this thing, and it just completely cleans it. It's beautiful. And I was like, I think I might get one of those because it just seems so satisfying. Lo and behold, my mother had already ordered one, and it was delivered the other day, and she used it on like the bathtub and the grout in her bathroom, and holy cow it like i was like Mm. i i didn't remember this could shine this much it was amazing (laughs) so definitely if you want if you want to give um like your home a little bit of like extra shine definitely recommend it this sounds like a big game changer it's on the same level as a slow closing toilet seat it seems yeah well like who (laughs) I fucking hate scrubbing grout. Like, 
getting the magic eraser and like getting down on your hands and knees and like really scrubbing it like it's the worst mm -hmm. so yeah, having especially now that we're all 30 and our backs are going out. yeah exactly <laughs> uh, cool this is good i might order this andrew looks excited i wanted to recommend target's drive up service i did this today um because i my allergies have just been through the roof and um i needed to get some anti-itching eye drops and it's really great because there was a huge line and these days you never know if you're gonna have to wait in line to get into a store but i didn't have to do that my order was filled within four hours and i just drove up and they put it in the trunk and i drove away and it was fantastic and uh tiara what do you recommend I'm going to recommend Nashville on Hulu, which is not really usually my kind of show. Um, <laughs> but in these um, coronavirus times where we can't really leave and we're watching literally everything, <laughs> uh, my my standards are a little lower now for giving shows um, a try. But yeah, so I've been watching this show for the past like week and a half straight. I've been watching it for about I think like 10 days or so and I'm on season six. <laughs> Damn. Um, <laughs> that is a lot. That's commitment. It's so funny how binging shows can like change your life temporarily. It's just all you do. It just consumes <laughs> you for a few weeks. Like Pat and I have watched nothing else but Mad Men for the past couple of weeks. We're averaging one season <laughs> a week, but it, it leaves no other time for any other television. So like Netflix now has Dead to Me season two out and we haven't watched that yet. Um, mm -hmm. there's some screeners of stuff that I've been watching, wanting to watch, haven't done it. It's, I've just fallen so behind. And Mad Men, seven seasons. It's all good, yeah. but seven seasons. And they're 45-minute episodes. That's a commitment. And then the season five premiere was 90 minutes last night. We didn't know that <laughs> oh, getting geez. into it. I'm like, when is this ending? I need to go to bed. <laughs> I've had too much whiskey. Yeah, I don't know. I think at this point, like, it's just like whenever I find a show, I'm like, ooh, let's see how fast I can finish this. I'm not going to do anything else now. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Tiara, thanks so much for coming on today. It was great having you on. Yeah, you were yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Great. And thanks for your support at patreon.com slash millennial. And we've had a lot of new signups lately. So thank you, everybody, so much who has pledged to us, whether you've been pledging for a while or you're new to the community. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There's so much for you to dive into over our on our Patreon. So we hope you have some fun browsing through it all and maybe binging all of that instead of uh, any television show you find on Netflix. What are we going to do in After Dark today? So I have an update on my latest home drama. There have been developments. And um, also, uh, it seems like the amount of time I'm going to be out of my home has lengthened. So I'll have some uh, some new tea <laughs> to spill there. <laughs> and then we also got a confessional related to dildos, I believe. And oh, yeah. Pam found some new dildo information that she somehow knew she was able to access very quickly. It was a little disturbing. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. It kind of, I guess, relates to our game that we were playing earlier. So that'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. We do a new installment of After Dark every week. And you can plug in the special RSS feed to your favorite podcasting app, most podcasting apps. So you can get After Dark and ad-free millennial just like you do regular millennial. 
Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can write to millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. And we also have that confessional where you can submit things anonymously. So if you have any more thruple dreams about the the co-hosts and you, just let us know. We'd love to hear all of your wild dreams. <laughs> Andrew would like to consider your applications yes, to join yes. his relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to send the... Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> don't um, forget to send your dildos to our P.O. box. <laughs> I was going to say dick pics, but I don't want to be soliciting people's nudes. <laughs> no, just their dildos. Um, Tiara, what music have you been listening to lately? What could be our closing music? Well, I don't know about listening too much lately. Actually, since we've been in uh, like the whole quarantine. Like, um, quarantine thing, like I've actually haven't been listening to much music at all. But hmm. since I haven't, I will just go ahead and uh, plug my favorite band, Marianas Trench. One of their songs that I really like is called uh, Death of Me. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I think uh, listening habits have changed for people, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Since staying at home, even podcasts, I think some types of podcasts have been taking a hit because so many people listen to podcasts during their commute. And now suddenly, a lot less people have a commute. And (laughs) same thing with listening to music. But everybody should listen to music at home. That's my recommendation as well. I usually do. It's just, I don't know. It's just something about these times. Well, you've been too consumed with Nashville. (laughs) Yeah. You don't have time for anything else. (laughs) That is a music element. Yeah, there you go. That's where you're getting your music. (laughs) That's true. It's funny, though, because if you were to name a single song in that show, I would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just here for the story. (laughs) yeah by the way you found us through twilight are you excited for midnight sun actually i i wasn't so it's actually funny so i have your guys's tweets on my phone i get the push notifications for you guys's tweets just Uh because like i stopped getting the push notification on patreon when you guys were live oh and so um so sometimes i get like some extra push notifications too but i got that one and i was like oh whatever it's been so long i don't care about that and then you guys are like oh we're gonna do an we're gonna bring back imprint and i was like oh my gosh and so i actually listened to imprint and that is what made me excited for midnight oh good but yeah at first i was just kind of like whatever so an extra copy (laughs) is getting sold thanks to that imprint reunion you're welcome (laughs) stephanie meyer yeah where's our cut send you the receipts (laughs) (laughs) yep (laughs) all right thanks everybody for listening i'm andrew i'm laura i'm pamela and i'm tiara bye everybody 